0: Thank you for joining us today. Many Christians today have accepted Bible teaching through the media to be as relevant as assembling together in the house of God. The Bible commands Christians to regularly assemble together because we, the people, are the church. The media serves a great purpose for those who are temporarily or permanently unable to assemble due to various life challenges. But there is no excuse for those of us who are able. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. And Father, we do
1: bless you in the name of Jesus for your word. Thank you for the privilege of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm humbled and realize I'm here solely by your grace. You can do superiorly well without me. Thank you, Father. For saving me, calling me, and putting the precious gospel down in my soul. Help us to hear you and respond to the precious word of the living God in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. We bless you in the name of Jesus. We're going to continue. We are tracking right through the book of John. And you just read chapter one and then go on into chapter two and you'll be reading right ahead. Unless I'm speaking, uh, preaching a special message for a certain occasion, uh, we are going to be hanging around First John until we complete it to the glory of God, Lord willing. Turn with me to First John chapter one, verses four through nine. 1 John chapter one—you find it quickly if you go to the back of your Bible and move forward from there, and you'll hit it very, very soon if you're looking. First John chapter one, verses four through ten. Here is the word of the Lord. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us. From all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him, God, a liar and His word is not in us. Again, we want to preach from the subject the test of true fellowship the test of true fellowship. Let's look at verse four, the opening verse of the passage. It says in 1 John chapter 1, verse four, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Listen, the gospel when believed and received produces eternal life which brings joy the gospel when believe and receive produces eternal life which brings joy when there is an absence of joy it is revealed in your attitude when there's an absence of joy you can see it all over your face your face get ugly when there is an absence of joy you can see it in your conduct and your inability to worship God in spirit and in truth. Now, the Lord does not want you to have little bitty, titsy-bitsy joy, just an inch of joy. The Lord does not want that kind of joy. He desires you to be full of joy, an indescribable joy, unspeakable joy, Joy, as I said last Sunday, I'm just reiterate that definition because I just love it. It's all in my soul. Joy is not something we can concoct or produce for ourselves. Joy is not something that we can concoct or produce for ourselves. It comes only through fellowship with Christ. So what is joy? Joy is an inner divine gladness and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and not dependent upon things or circumstances. Again, for those who are writing, joy is an inner divine gladness and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and not dependent upon things or circumstances. That's joy. You need to take that definition to heart and live by it. So let's transition. Uh, so so God, God requires us to have joy, and he doesn't just want us to have a tiny piece of joy. He wants us to have full joy, complete joy. So allow me to transition. How I want to say how to maintain joy in your relationship with Christ. Because you can have joy, but you can lose it. So allow me now to share how to maintain joy in your personal relationship with Christ. So many saints are joyless. I mean, you look at them and they look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. I'm amazed that so many saints are joyless because of being grumpy. So many saints are joyless because of being negative. Others are joyless because of a judgmental spirit. Some are joyless because they are depressed, while others are joyless because they are fearful. They fear the virus. They fear Sickness. They fear people. They fear heights. They fear planes. They fear they fear the dark. They fear high places. They have uh, they, they fear going to sleep. They fear everything. Uh, some don't have joy because they're worried. Others don't have joy because they're just stressed out, and that affects your health in an incredible way, beloved. This should not be. The Lord did not save us to look worse than those who do not know Christ. <laughs> that, that's bad when, a, when an unsaved folk, person when an unsaved person looks better than the saved. The Lord did not save us to look worse than those who do not know Christ which affects our Christian testimony and causes onlookers to conclude if Christianity makes you look and behave this way then I don't want your Christianity. Therefore, how do we maintain the joy of the Lord in our relationship with Christ? How do we maintain it? Number one, we we first must experience Christ. We must experience Christ. First John chapter one, verse one says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the words of life. Now, based on this verse, John had the special privilege of seeing Christ. The beloved apostle John had the uh, privilege, the special privilege of seeing Christ with his own eyes and physically handling and touching Christ with his own hands. However, the faith of believers today is even greater than the beloved apostle John because we haven't had the chance to see him with our physical eye, nor touch him with our hands, but one day we will. John 20, 29 says, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Our faith is even greater than those of the apostles of Jesus' day, because they believe, because they have seen, they have handled, they have touched, they were with Jesus. But our faith is greater because we have not seen him with our eyes or handled him with our hands. But we believe that Jesus came, lived, died, rose and coming back again, which means our faith is greater. You must first experience Christ, which is to be saved by by grace through faith in Christ alone. That's how you're saved. You must first experience Christ. Which is to be saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Before you can enjoy the Lord, you can't enjoy Christ if you haven't experienced Christ. I'm gonna just uh, just use a Coke. You may not drink soda or nothing like that, and I'm not saying go drink Coke. But for them, I'm just using this just merely as an illustration. Uh, you can't say you enjoy drinking Coke if you've never had one. Okay, you have to actually have a Coke and if, and if you like it, you like it because you've been having it and, and you've experienced the joy of drinking a Coke. Well, you must first experience Christ before you can enjoy him. Secondly, uh, we maintain joy by doing this. We must proclaim Christ. We must proclaim Christ. First John 1, 2 says, The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare. That word declare means to make known publicly. That word declare means to make known publicly. Declare to you, to make known publicly to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested. The word manifested means reveal to us. I'm amazed that so many Christians talk about everything but Christ. They talk politics, they talk presidents, they talk, about, they talk about commercials, they talk about sports. Who's talking about Christ? Many love to talk about the latest trends, the latest fashion, sports, the weather, movies, politics, and the gorilla glue that the lady put in her hair that she couldn't get out. Anybody know about that? Look y'all laughing. Now, don't y'all Google that. Now, leave that alone. You can Google it when you get home. Don't Google it. Don't don't you go there. Stay with the word. Somebody else tried it and got the lips glued and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, See, people know about all that kind of stuff, and they're talking about the gorilla glue, the gorilla glue. But who's talking about Christ? Christ is better than gorilla glue. The question is, who's talking about Jesus? Thirdly, we must have intimate fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. We must have intimate fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. First, John 1, 3 says that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Now, there are a lot of things we do not know in life. There are a lot of things we do not know. You know, there are a lot of things we're ignorant of. Ignorance is not a bad word. So, so don't, don't, don't say think about ignorance as a bad word. You say, why, why, why shouldn't I? Because it just means lack of knowledge. There's a whole lot of things we're ignorant of. I'm ignorant of how to fly a plane. I lack that knowledge. Huh? You know, you know I'm, I'm ignorant about a whole lot of things. It just means lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. There are a whole lot of things we do not know in life, but what we must be absolutely certain of is that we are saved without a doubt through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, which is the only way we can have fellowship with God. You don't have the right to call God father unless you know his son, Jesus Christ. Once we become believers in Christ, then we are commissioned by Christ to witness for him to declare the name of Jesus, to make his name known wherever we go. Acts one eight says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We're saved to be a witness for Jesus in the midst of a pandemic uh, shame on us if we're not telling people about Jesus in the midst of despair and fear and worry and hardship and stress. People need the Lord. Fourthly, you cannot possess joy unless you have an undivided allegiance to Christ. You cannot have joy that your joy may be full. You cannot have joy unless you possess an undivided allegiance to Christ. Matthew six twenty four says... No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. Money has become many for God, including many believers. Beloved, you cannot possess joy unless Christ is the sole object of your worship, the only object of your worship. That's the only way you're going to have unspeakable, inexpressible joy. You cannot get to heaven possessing a divided allegiance and making the things of this world equal with God. i say it again. You cannot get to heaven possessing a divided allegiance and making the things of this world equal with God. He will not share his glory with another. Isaiah 42, 8a says, I am the Lord, and that is my name. And my glory I will not give to another. And my glory, write that down. And my glory I will not give to another. Let's look at number five. Number five, we must consistently read and internalize the message from Christ. We must consistently read and internalize the message from Christ. First John 1, 4 says, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. The word of God is the best spiritual medicine to revive us. The word of God is the best spiritual medicine to refresh us. The word of God is the best spiritual message to restore the joy of our salvation. You see, the word of God breaks depression. It breaks the spirit of anger. The word of God breaks bitterness. It breaks up pride, addictions, and even suicidal tendencies. You do yourself a tremendous spiritual disservice when you allow Satan to deceive you from reading and meditating on the word of God. You do yourself a tremendous disservice. Satan will do any, use any tactic at his disposal to keep you from the word of God because he knows that's what you need to revive you, to refresh you, to strengthen you, to direct your life because he wants to shipwreck your life and he can't do it if you are in the word of God. It is time to get back to the Bible. You know what I said? It is time to get back To the Bible, it is time to get back to the Bible, which gives you the joy of the Lord. Beloved, you can become so apathetic, you can become so carnal and so busy and living in pursuit of the pleasures of this world that you seldom or never get to your Bible, which results in a loss of joy. The longer you stay away from the Bible, the less joy you're going to have in your life. There needs to be a a rediscovery of the word of God in your life. It's wonderful to the soul. Allow me to transition again. Y'all hanging with me? Oh, my God. Help me now. Why do believers become desensitized to sin? Why do believers become desensitized to sin? Some folk are desensitized, uh, sin don't even bother them, and there's a reason. A, many saints are desensitized to sin because they are being influenced by worldly people. The people of the world, they get their cues from it. The, the culture has, has overwhelmed them. Talk shows have just saturated their lives. The media has misdirected them. Uh, Greed has overcome them. Pride has caused them to, to fall. The music industry has caused spiritual regression. Video games, fashion, television, movies, books, social media, and politics, which have become so divisive, have just wiped many saints out. You can't even talk politics now without falling all to pieces, getting mad, getting all bristled up just because you have an opposing viewpoint. Y'all, listen, get over that. Politics has never saved anybody. Politics is not the end of all things. And you ought to be able to discuss anything and, uh, and seek to understand why people think the way they do. And don't let that affect you where you all bent out of shape, won't talk, and think they crazy because they don't think like you. First John 2.15 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You see, my friend, the love of the world and the things in it will desensitize you to sin. The love of the world and the things in it will desensitize you to sin. Why do believers become desensitized to sin? B, because of a lack of knowledge of the word of God. Because of a lack of knowledge of the word of God. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's what's going on in the churches, a lack of knowledge. There are churches, they're just emotional, they're screaming, they're hollering, they're jumping, you know, it's their feel good church, They're ice cream church. They just want to come and feel good and tell you what you want to hear. But, but you know what? The gospel offends, you know, you bring your, you bring your, your brother, your sister here. If they're a Mormon or if they're a Jehovah witness, uh, uh, they're Buddhist and they hear Jesus is the only way that don't send me a letter talking about you offended my mama. I didn't offend your mama. The word of God offended your mama. That's a word of God problem. That's not my problem. I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm just here to speak the truth under the direction of the Holy Spirit because only the truth is going to set you free. I'm not scared of anybody and I'm not apologizing for the truth. I'm not. I say it again. I say it everywhere. I'm going to look in the camera. I am not apologizing for the truth. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of God. I also will forget your children. You forgot me, I'm going to forget your children. This is God saying that, don't tell me you don't understand the Bible. You understood that. Beloved, it is a dangerous thing to neglect, ignore the Word of God, suppress the Word of God, and rebel against the Word of God, which has devastating spiritual impact not only on you, but on your children as well, because the Word of God says, "I also will forget your children." Oh, I love them, I'm beloved. But if parents are living like a devil, you on drugs, you crazy in the head, you hollering and screaming and being stupefied all over the house. Don't come to church, don't bring your children into church, you act more like a devil than you do a saint. God says, I'm going to forget your children. Your children going to suffer because of the sins of the parents. Listen, this is a big thought, pull your seatbelt. Some children never get to Christ because of the sins of the parents. <laughs> Oh oh, 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 oh! Did you get that? Some children and grandchildren never get to Christ because of the sins of the parents. God expects more out of you, parents. He wants proactive, spiritual parents. You can't be gossipy and raise your children. You can't be in everybody's business and raise your children. God expects you to speak with wisdom, insight, discernment. He wants you living holy, separated as unto the Lord. And the blessings of you will fall on your children because you are blessed in God as you follow his precepts. See. Many believers are not sensitive to sin because they do not put the word of God into practice. Many believers are not sensitive to sin because they do not put the word of God into practice. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You are self-deceived if you hear the word and do not live out the words you hear. Practice, implement. Some folk, they're just good hearers. They just come. And you're really not a good hero because you're not doing what you hear. Beloved, do not expect to have joy if you fail to activate the word of God in your life. What you hear, now some of y'all take good notes, but you shut it up and you don't activate. How many of these principles are you determined to live out in your life? I love this passage in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 31a you need to write this down Ezekiel 33:31a it says so they come to you as people do they sit before you as my people and they hear your words but they do not do them Is that you you come to church on Sunday as people do hear the word of God as people do but you do not obey the word of God my friend, not being responsive and obedient to the word of God is the sin of omission. D, Christians become desensitized to sin because of not searching their own hearts. Christians become desensitized to sin because of not searching their own hearts and not asking the Lord to purge sin out of their lives. Job thirteen twenty three says, how, listen to this, how many are my iniquities? and sins make me know my transgressions and my sins it didn't say everybody else's you watch some of you stay in a mess because you so you you everybody else's sin. you point out everybody else's fault listen you got enough of your own stuff to be working on you have enough issues in you it's it, it that, that is in the bible if you're torn it out how many are my iniquities And sin. Make, look, make me know my transgressions and my sin. Lord, fix it so I can't miss my own sins. Convict me. Now, I got a question for you. It is just, it searched my soul. And I shared it with the guys earlier this morning. And I'm going to share it with you so you can follow in the conviction. When was the last time you asked the Lord how many iniquities are in your heart <laughs> think about that When when is the last time L- Lord how many sins are in my heart it's right in the text When when is the last time you asked I said wow what a question I, I, don't, I can't re- remember asking myself that question how many sins are in my heart and you know what if you ask the Lord he'll start revealing them I dare you that you'll get better too gonna purge all that hellishness out of you how many are my iniquities and sins
0: listen closely as pastor rander concludes this message by helping us to understand why many believers do not assemble in the house of god satan attacks us when we're most vulnerable and he changes his strategy as our vulnerabilities change In Jesus' name, we must be unyielding in exercising our God-given authority to rebuke every attack Satan instantly mounts against us. And Satan will flee because he and our God cannot occupy the same space. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas.